We are so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at Newvine.
Everybody going to take a second, turn around and say hello to somebody.
My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. How's everyone? Good? Happy Mother's Day if you're a mom. I just left my, my mom is last Sunday morning. Uh, I was, my mom fell, my fell, mom fell last Saturday night, broke her, well she went to the hospital, they were gonna send her home and, and they asked if we wanted to keep her or send her home and I said keep her, and then they did more x-rays so she had a broken hip. So then they did surgery on her, so she's only 95, and, uh, so now she's in rehab at Otterbein behind the atrium. So I visited her a while ago, and she was sitting up eating breakfast in a chair, which is good. So let's see, coming up, uh, this Saturday, this Thursday, women's ministry thing at six o'clock, cafe. Saturday, men's breakfast, right? Eight o'clock. Liz asked, why do you guys do it so early? You go around nine or ten, you can't get in the place. So we don't want to like to have one waitress, right? There's only, there's only one waitress at Frisch's. Anyway, in Frisch's, so it's good time. Uh, Memorial Day parade, we carry that giant flag. We need about 30 or 40 people to do that. So we'll talk about that. And uh, this week we did Love Week, and we did the Bus Drivers Monday, cooked out for the high school and the junior high school, which was crazy because they're right together. Wednesday, Thursday, we did the city workers and the police and the fire department, and uh, Sherry got to go back and hang out with her old friends down there at the courthouse. But, and, uh, and then Friday, we did Anthony Wayne in the rain, but it quit after a while. So thank you guys for helping, and so we just try to do things like that to demonstrate our love to people. So good. You do good. Let's say a prayer and we'll take up the offering. So, Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Uh, use these gifts, Lord, to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good. Last Sunday I was not. I, Mark preached and I didn't even fall asleep during his sermon. That was after being up all night. Uh, today's Mother's Day, but we honor all women. So uh, if you're a woman, stand up. Or if you identify as a woman, stand up. I can say that, right? <laughs> hey, it's a different world, man. Uh, we got some, something for you. So uh, where did, where's your, where'd he go? Come on down, man. I need a couple guys, more guys too. So he's coming. Got one more and Chris is going to come. We have flowers for you. Don't give him a choice. Hand it to him. We'll be here all day. And I need, uh, yeah, the Queen City Grappling Club is passing out flowers. Get those people over there. All right. That's okay. Just give them one. All right. Come here a second. Go over there and give those ladies a piece of candy. We, I've got truffle. I don't know what these things are. There, did you sneak one? <laughs> yeah. You got some candy too, so if I, you, you get bored my, near my sermon, you can. How are we doing on the flowers? Good? You guys get first pick. Second service has to deal with what color flowers they get. How are we doing? You guys get a flower? I'm from Kentucky. It's spelled F-L-O-R, flower. I can't, flower. Flower, yeah. Yeah, English language is crazy. We good? How are we doing on candy? Huh? Are we running out of candy? We good. Do you guys get candy yet in the middle here? Vicky, you guys get candy? Okay. Thank you. We good? They already got candy. They're good. We're going to say a prayer for you guys in a second. You can just stay standing for a second if you don't mind. Or, or whatever. Stand back up. We'll be like, we good. How are we on the candy? Well, they wolfed that candy down, man. Wow. Okay. Well, second service, this side will get this one, and this side will get that. I thought I bought more. That's right. Let's say a prayer for you guys, okay? So I want to thank you, first of all, for uh, being who you are, that God made you. I think women are like the Holy Spirit. They're intuitive, and they're sensitive, and all those kinds of things. And so, you know, if, if God made you in His image, then God's part female too, right? So anyway, let me pray for you. So, Lord, I just thank you for the women of our church. I ask you to bless them. I thank you, Lord, for how you made them. I thank you for their uniqueness. I thank you, Lord, for their servant hearts. And I ask you just to bless them, Lord, and just use them. And I just thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So give the three guys, give them a hand. There you go. Beautiful. All right. Move this out of the way so I don't trip over it. They said there were 100 flowers in there. I can never tell. You think there's, I don't know. Who knows? All right. This week's been one of the craziest weeks in my life. Uh, taking care of my mother and then doing love week and then checking on Beth Warner, which we need to keep praying for her, and then taking care of my uncle and aunt. So I didn't realize when you grow up, you have all this stuff to do. It's crazy. Um, 
We started a series five weeks ago uh, on uh, um, 50, we call it from Easter to Pentecost. Uh, really from Passover to Pentecost, there's 50 days. So uh, let's say a prayer and uh, you have my picture after the scripture, right? That one picture I sent you, the cartoon one? Yeah, okay. So let's say a, say a prayer and, uh, but remember Beth Warner in prayer, okay? So she's just going through some stuff. So Lord, I pray right now for Beth. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come, just touch her and heal her. Uh, give her grace as she goes through this treatment. And I pray for the whole family that you just be with them, Lord. Thank you for her. Thank you, Lord, for her friendship. Thank you, Lord, that uh, she's been a servant here for a long, long time. And so I pray you'd bless them and be with Bev today, her sister. And so, Lord, we ask you to, to speak to our hearts today. Uh, help us, God, to learn to be uh, sensitive and have a servant heart just like the women. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Find my Bible here. I'm going to read from Matthew 28, 1 through 10. And here we go. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. That's what angels always say. You know that? So if you ever see one of those guys and they says that, you know, it's an angel. Don't be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for his risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then quickly go tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. All right. So that's the deal. Um, Jesus appeared to the women. And then this is what happened. Can you see it? That's the deal. And that was significant. All right. Just thought that was a great cartoon, right? And that's what the church has done to women ever since. But anyway, uh, that's, that's the deal for the, there, right? Um, have you guys ever been to church? Like to a real church? I used to say that here and, and one lady came up to me one Sunday and goes, are we not a real church? Uh, did you grow up in the church? I grew up in the church, you know, and, and my whole life has been lived in the church. I, I, uh, as a kid, I had to go to church. I was born the, the night my dad preached his first sermon. Uh, my mom I played piano in the church before I was born, so I went to church in utero. Is that how you say it? All right. So, my, and then they named me Charles Wesley, the hymn writer. So I have never had a chance. And so uh, I've been to church my whole life. And now I had to go to church as a kid. And now I have to go because I'm a preacher. Uh, but let me tell you this: I want you to know or who taught me the most and who were the most faithful people in my whole Christian life. And, and this is the deal: it was women. In my whole Christian life, it, women were the most faithful 
And they were the ones that, that taught me probably more than anyone else. And that's not a new thing. It's not a modern thing. Uh, it goes all the way back to the New Testament with Jesus. And so today's Mother's Day, and we know what moms do. But I always say this, every, every woman has motherly instincts, whether you have children or not. If you got a boyfriend, you're a mother, right? <laughs> right? You know, girlfriend, your mother there too. It doesn't matter. So, so that's the deal. Uh, we've been looking at the resurrection appearances of Jesus, and I kind of put this one here because of Mother's Day, but this is the first one. You know, he appeared, you know, Peter and John ran there, and, and uh, he appeared to the disciples in the room. He appeared to the guys on the road to Emmaus. Uh, he came and appeared to Thomas, as Mark talked about. And uh, But here's the first one. He appeared to the women first. And, and uh, to me, that's very significant. But you know this if you've ever read the Bible. Throughout the Bible, there are all kinds of faithful women that have demonstrated God's love and have been there, and God spoke to them, and God used them. And, and that's the deal. So so I'm going to look at three little things today quickly so you can go eat somewhere. And I'm going to sneak back and take my mom flowers and stuff. I was meant to take them this morning when I went. Uh, and I expected her to be asleep. But she was up eating breakfast. And the nurses said she was up. She's back to her old ways. She gets up at 430. She's 95. But she did that for years. And so she's in the habit. So they said she was up waiting on us. Right? Uh, but anyway, so I'm going to get back there. So the first thing I want to see is the commitment of women. Okay? Um, the gospel writers speak of, of two groups of people. They speak of the 12 disciples, which probably symbolizes the 12 tribes. Jesus knew what he was talking about when he called the disciples. But it also mentions another group, and it refers to them as the women. If you ever watch the movie or watch the series, The, the Chosen, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. You'll see, they give a really good de- depiction of the women. The women in Jesus' ministry, they were disciples too. And uh, they were the ones who, who had the cash. Okay, I mean, all the other guys had quit their jobs, right? But but the women are the ones who financed the ministry of Jesus. One of them was even a, a member of Herod's household. And so they were the ones who followed Jesus around. And and uh, they were there uh, at the crucifixion when the disciples kind of bailed. They took risks by being there, and then they followed along to the grave because they wanted to see where the body was buried because they wanted to come later. And I think they just wanted to honor him one last time. And... Uh, I'll put this in my notes too, bring that up, Pat. They were committed to him while he was alive, and now they're committed to him even in his death. You know, they were willing, they were willing to show up, and they were willing, uh, to do that. So like I said, all my life, I've had women who demonstrated faithfulness and commitment. And I'll show you this one, because it's Mother's Day, and I just saw her. That's an older picture. Uh, I don't know who she's holding. Is that Wesley? One of our grandkids. I don't know. That's my mom. Her name is Pauline Ruth Wolfenbarger. Uh, she's 95 years old. And uh, as a teenager, she used to take, uh, she went to church. Her mom and dad didn't go to church. So mom went to church. And so she would take her brothers and sisters with her to church. And then, you know, um, I've been like really misty this week. Like Monday, I was, I was sad. And I thought, what the heck's wrong with me? I've never been this way before. And Leslie goes, what's your mom? Um, mom worked in, a, in an office in, in Irving, Kentucky. And this young man named Peter Abraham Wolfenberger came in. He wanted to date her. And she wouldn't date him if he didn't go to church. So he started going to church, and then he became a Christian, and then he became a preacher, and then they got married, you know, and then uh, they moved here from Kentucky. They left their home and left their family and moved to Franklin, Ohio, and and uh, the rest is historical. My dad died in 1969, and mom's been a widow for all these years, but she did not stop her faithfulness. 
She continued to go to church. She continued to teach Sunday school. She t- continued to get after me. Right? Uh, which, which is hilarious. I've had a person in my life that, and Liz is that way too, has demonstrated faithfulness. Always faithful. And, and, uh, and it shows a commitment. And you see in the New Testament, these women were committed to Jesus. Okay? The disciples scattered and hit the road, but the women were there at the crucifixion. They were, you know, they probably were afraid too, but they, they had made a commitment. And so, uh, an example of being a follower of Jesus is, is commitment. Commitment to Jesus and commitment to, to his church. Second thing is credibility. It's going to be quick. Quicker than Mark's. Credibility. The Gospels identify Mary Magdalene and the group of women, and they were the ones who rose early to go to the tomb. And uh, they were there, and the angels met them, and uh, they, you know, and then Jesus met them, and, and then they took off uh, to go tell the other disciples. Then I found this interesting in the Gospels, and I put it in my notes. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, notes that on their way, they remember what Jesus had taught them and about the resurrection, that they took these teachings to heart. On the way, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus had to remind those guys stuff. Remember that? And he had to teach them stuff on the way back to tell the disciples about Jesus being alive. The women remember, they go, wait a minute. He said he was going to do this. And so they, they were there with his teaching. They were, they weren't just on the sideline. They were there involved in ministry with Jesus. They were involved taking care of them, but they were involved listening to his stories and his teachings. And they remembered, you know what? Jesus said he's going to rise from the dead. Remember he taught us that on their way back to the disciples. And then that's a pretty interesting thing to me, okay? When they get back there, uh, they talk to the disciples, and guess how the disciples respond to them? They don't believe them. You know why they don't believe them? They're women. No offense to women, but let me tell you about women back then. Women had no credibility back then. They couldn't speak in court. It, it, among the Romans, the Greeks, the Phoenicians, the Israelites, the Syrians, all the different ones, women had no voice. And so no one would pay any attention to them because they were women. Right? This sounds horrible, doesn't it? That's how it was. Can you imagine people not listening to women or paying attention to them? It still happens, right? It's still like this, okay? So, and but they were the ones, you know, and I, the, the disciples thought it was an idle tale. They, they, they thought these women are out of their head. They had to go see for themselves. So, big question. Why? Would Jesus choose unlikely source for spreading the news? And why would the gospel writers include these details? If women had no credibility, if women were, you couldn't believe what they said because they were women, why would they do that? Okay. I mean, wouldn't the readers of the gospel respond? Eh, I don't know if this is true or not because women said it. All right. Um, can't, can't believe them. Um, it sounds like it would mess up the whole story. But for me, I think it verifies the the uh, the truthfulness of the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, um, put this in my notes too. If the apostles fabricated the resurrection, they surely surely would not have written that women witnessed it first. You know what I'm saying? Because no one would believe it. Okay, so so what it means is this: it happened, and the women verified it because their story was credible because they were followers of Jesus. And, and so people who would trash uh, the story and say the resurrection didn't happen, you know, if you're going, if the guys, like I said, were going to write it, they wouldn't say anything about women uh, doing that. Women have a credible witness here. 
And Jesus uses unsuspecting people to, to share his message. Remember the shepherds? You know, no one believed shepherds either. Okay, they didn't have any voice. But they were the first ones that the angels appeared to and said, you know what? The baby's born in Bethlehem. And here God chooses women to be the first ones. Here's a lady, you know her. I use her example all the time. Uh, her life is credible. You know, she lived in a convent in Calcutta. She saw all the crazy things happening. She left the convent to go out to take care of the poorest of the poor. Okay? And, and the deal, she's credible because her, her life backed up her words. And why I say credibility in my second point is, is the life of the women, their faithfulness to Jesus, they were there all the way through. In the end, their life backed up their words. They were credible because of their, of their witness. I think Mark quoted, can't remember who said it before, but you know, uh, preach the gospel and everything you do, if necessary, use words. And so the women were credible and, uh, their life backed up their words. Point number three, you're going to make the breakfast bar. The commission of women. Uh, here's the scripture verse. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things. I, I didn't put this on the screen, but I got it in my notes. A guy named Stephen Bentz said this. He says, her announcement, I've seen the Lord, is the same credential used by Paul to insist his authority as an apostle. Exactly same words. Paul says, am I not apostle? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus? Mary Magdalene said the same thing, okay? And, and the church's belief in the resurrection originated with the witness of, of these women. The Greek Orthodox Church refers to Mary Magdalene as, as equal to the apostles, okay? And then the early church, I put this in my notes too. For her valor and twice sharing the good news, the skeptical male disciples, to the skeptical male disciples, the early church honored Mary Magdalene with the title of apostle to the apostle, apostles. The word apostle means one sent. And Jesus sent her out first, the women, to go tell the disciples about, about Jesus. Um, here, here it is again. Go quickly, tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. Behold, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. This is the deal. God's always used women to tell the good news. They, they're sensitive. Uh, they're they're uh, open. Remember, I mean, we can go back to, to Mary, the Virgin Mary. She's a teenage girl. And the, the angel appears to her. And what she's, you know, she didn't, she didn't understand it. I don't understand it, but she says, you know what, King James, let, let's do it, okay? <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'll, okay, as you have said, be it done unto me. And there she was. God used her to bring Jesus Christ into the world. He it's always used women to touch people. Now, growing up as a preacher's kid, you don't have a lot of heroes. Uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, the ones on TV, uh, but they were all in black and white. Back then, remember, it's my age, right? Uh, but, but there was a lady that, that we always studied, uh, when I was a kid in, in the Southern Baptist Church. Her name was Lottie Moon. Okay, and there she is. Uh, she looks like she's Chinese. Okay, she's not Chinese. And, uh, uh, and she was very different. Like, let me do a side story. When I was a kid, sometimes missionaries would come and you would see the missionary. Then you see all the, all the, 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 the native people there and they had like white shirts on and black ties. They looked like little missionaries. Look like little Americans. In the 1800s, Lottie Moon went, she was single. She went to China 
to be a missionary. They stuck her in this school teaching children, and she just was frustrated. And she she kept appealing, appealing, appealing. So they sent her to inland in, to the interior of China. She was a church planner, okay, and 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 so she did evangelism and church planning. And, and so she was sent out. Now, they had a rough time with her because she was a woman. She would write home and, and say, send some men over here, but no one would come. But God sent her. And, and uh, when she went there, she started dressing like the Chinese. She started to uh, getting into their, their customs and their culture. And instead of trying to make them American, she tried to become Chinese so she could share the gospel of Jesus with them. God's always used women. Uh, and, and, uh, every, and even once she wrote back to him and she's trying to get money for missions, she goes, why don't we do a Christmas offering for foreign missions? And so the Southern Baptist Convention, they have a Christmas offering. It's called the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We're not Southern Baptist, but we have an Ethiopian Christmas offering. And it's because of her. It's because I've been brainwashed as a child, right? Because I believe in missions. And, and it's because this dear lady went against all odds as a single woman to preach the gospel in in China. Now, I used to kid guys about her preaching the gospel in China. It just freaked them out because they don't do women preachers. Uh, but anyway, she did, and, and she was faithful. So we've got some questions for us, I think. First question is this. What about our commitment? You know, we, we're, we, we're consumers as Americans, and, and, uh, and we do things based upon convenience. And, and, and what's good for us. And so there's, there's sometimes there's not a lot of commitment. You know, a lot of times people, people aren't faithful. You know, these women are committed to Jesus, you know, and, and we as followers of Jesus are to be committed to the body of Christ, which is us. You know, we're part of the body. And so we need to think about, about our commitment and, and about our faithfulness. And you know, my, my background, the way I was brought up is, is, is just to be faithful. And so we need to do that because, because it's important. Uh, that would, that we teach that to other people, that we're faithful followers of Jesus. Second thing is our credibility. And, and I, and I put here is, is does our life match our words? You know, a lot of times people say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian like that. And then they treat people like, you know, they're not good. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, their, their life doesn't back up their words. And I don't want us to be that way. If, you know, if we're followers of Jesus, then we need to live like Jesus and we need to love like Jesus and we need to demonstrate God's love to people like Jesus did. And so we need to think about, would people believe my message if they balance it against my life? Does my life and message match? Does that make sense? Still here? You're getting out early, so you know, you, there should be some amens going on. Okay? Amen. And, and, and this one, am, am I f- fulfilling the Great Commission? And the Great Commission is to, t- is to share the good news with people. You know, that God loves people. Um, people have a weird concept of God, and a lot of times it's because of Christians. A lot of times people have a concept of God that God is some angry old man that's just ready to nail you. Okay? Jesus came to blow that out of the water. God is a loving Father who comes to love you. And Jesus came to demonstrate that so people could have that relationship with God. So, we need to follow the example of these women. So you're going to be a good follower of Jesus. Be like these women. Okay. Now I didn't put this in my notes. I want to read this. Uh, there's a lady. Her name is Dawn Blake. And she wrote this summary. And so I'm just going to read it to you. So just listen. I'll try to read it slowly. Liz gets after me for talking too fast. So she will repeat. Slow down. Right. Here we go. 
Don said this, have you ever noticed how in the scriptures men are always going up to the mountains to commune with the Lord? Yet in the scriptures we hardly ever hear of women going to the mountains. But we know why, right? Because the women are too busy keeping life going. They can't abandon babies, meals, homes, fires, gardens, and a thousand responsibilities to climb into the mountains. I was talking to a friend the other day saying, as a modern woman, I feel like I'm never free enough from my responsibilities, never in a quiet enough space that I want to be with God. Her response floored me. That's why God comes to women. Men have to climb mountains to meet with God, but God comes to women where they are. I've never pondered on her words for weeks. I've been pondering on her words for weeks and searched my scriptures to see what she said was true. God does indeed come to women where they are when they're doing their ordinary everyday work. He meets with them at wells uh, where they draw water for their families, in their homes, in their kitchens, in their gardens. He comes to them as they sit by sick beds, as they give birth, care for the elderly, perform necessary mourning and burial rites. Even at the empty tomb, Mary was the first to witness Christ's resurrection. She was there because she was doing what women, the womenly chore of properly preparing Christ's body for burial. In this seemingly mundane, ordinary task, these women of the scriptures found themselves face to face with divinity. So if you're like me and you ever start to bemoan the fact that you don't have as much time to spend in the mountains with God as you would like, remember God comes to women. He knows where we are and the burdens we carry. He sees us. And if we open our eyes and our hearts, we'll see him even in the most ordinary places and in the most ordinary things. He lives and he's using a time such as this to speak to women around the world. Don Blake. Is that awesome or what? This is the deal. God chose a group of women uh, to share the greatest message of all time. Just roll through these next things. But here we go. God protect Jesus protected women. He empowered women. He honored women with publicly. He released women, uh, the voice of women. He confided in women. He was funded by women. He celebrated women by name. Learned from women. Respected women. And spoke of women examples to follow. Is there another one? Now it's our turn. And I think I put... Read that out loud. Oh man, that's nice to, you guys. Oh, wow, preaching good. That's the deal. We need to be like the women of the New Testament. So let's just bow our heads for a second. Maybe, uh, you know, you're on the edge. You've never really thought, thought about that, that you need to become a follower of Jesus. And today you can just decide to do that. And uh, a few weeks we're going to have a baptism in, uh, in June in the creek again. So, uh, let's just think about that. And let's think about my commitment, my credibility. And my faithfulness in, in sharing the good news. So let's just listen to this song.
Amen. If you have one of these, I'll take it out and open it up. Wow. Women do serve pretty well. Mine's already opened and my bread's already out. Thank you, Sabina. So if you need help, she'll come around and help you get it open. <laughs> she got mine open pretty good. I'll give you a minute. If you push the thing down and try to break the seal, it'll, it'll maybe work better. And we have new ones coming. We got new ones on the way. Everybody good? Almost there? All right. Um, every week we do this just as a reminder of who we are and whose we are. We're part of the family of God. And we always say this prayer to center our hearts. So let's just say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. After supper, it says he took the cup. He says, this cup is a new covenant relationship in my blood. Do this remembrance of me. The apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We remember what Jesus did. He was broken and poured out, and we were reminded of what we're supposed to do too. We're to be broken and poured out for the world. Amen. Let's all stand, okay? So happy Mother's Day to you. So grab someone's hand beside you if you don't mind. I've got time to go back and see my mom. So in between, she's just right over there. So convenient. And uh, see if she's done eating her oatmeal and sausage and whatever she was eating a while ago. So. so Lord, just thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, I thank you for my mom. Thank you, Lord, for how she's touched my life. God, I thank you for all the women that I look at here today. They love you. They're made in your image. They serve you. They serve their families. God, I just pray you'd bless them and use them, Lord. Thank you for the example. Thank you, Lord, for how you made them. And, Lord, help us to be like them. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Have a good day.